back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America first perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo 5 radio network. Streaming on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. Or shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. You can call in and leave a voicemail at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Send Fredo off to do this. Send Fredo off to do that. Let Fredo take care of some Mickey Mouse nightclub somewhere. Send Fredo to pick somebody up at the airport. I'm your older brother, Mike, and I was stepped over. That's the way Pop wanted it. It ain't the way I wanted it. I can handle things. I'm smart. I'm like everybody says. Like dumb, I'm smart, and I want to stay. <laughs> like dumb, I'm smart, and I want to stay. Oh my God. Chris Como. Chris Como is now and forever will be Fredo. He has cemented that moniker last night, and he will never be able to live it down. When people refer to Chris Como from now on, it will be Fredo. And, uh, of course, you know by now that he was uh, out at a, a nightclub. It was in a tent. Maybe it was one of these pop-up nightclubs out on Shelter Island. And uh, and one of the other uh, patrons there, apparently a, a MAGA supporter, called uh, called him uh, Fredo, and Chris Como absolutely lost his marbles. He went off, and it's hilarious because this guy, this guy who was trolling him, didn't back down, didn't get excited didn't allow himself to be provoked and came back with one of the classic troll lines of all time. But I'm going to play you the, uh, the entire clip. It, it runs a couple of minutes and, uh, <laughs> about half of it is bleeped out for uh, broadcast on radio here. Um, I think it's like 20 or 30 times he drops the F bomb in addition to a bunch of others. But, uh, I'll play you the entire clip. So before the camera starts rolling, apparently this uh, this patron at the bar where Como is refers to him as Fredo. And here's what happens next. I thought, that, I thought, I thought that's who you were. Oh, punk ass on the right called me Fredo. My name is Chris Cuomo. I'm an anchor on CNN. Oh, my... Fredo is from the Godfather. He was that weak brother. Isn't that your And brother? they use it as an Italian aspersion. Any of you Italian? Oh, Are you Italian? I got, I got a insult to your people. It's an insult to your people. It's like the N-word for us. It's like, is that a cool thing? You're a much more reasonable guy in person than you seem to be on television. Yeah, but if you want to I'm going to play that again. You're a much more reasonable guy in person than you seem to be on television. Yeah, but if you want to play, you want to play. If you got something you want to say about what I do on television, then say it. I'm going to call you. Hey, man. Hey, listen. What? I don't want any problems. Yeah, you're going to have a big 
problem. What's the problem? It's a little different on TV. Don't insult me like that. I didn't insult you. You call me Fredo. It's like I call you punk. Like that? You want that to be your nickname? I didn't call you that. You called me Fredo. You know my name now. Fredo. Your name was. You did not think my name was. Don't be a liar. I want to be a man. Stand up like a man. I'm standing up, man. I want to be a man out here. I'm standing up. Own it. What you said. Hey. Then own what you said. Listen, I have a problem with you, man. You're going to have a problem. What? What are you going to do about it? I'll ruin you. I'll throw you down these stairs like a punk. Please do. Why? So you can sue? You don't want to sue? So you can sue? Well, why don't you do it? Take a swing. You're going to call me Fredo. Take a swing. Take a swing. Take a swing. Watch your hands. Watch your hands. You're in for it. Look at all these cameras. Oh, my God. Como got owned by this guy. He never he never lost his temper. He never backed down. He just stood there as calm as can be. When Fredo started threatening to, uh, to punch him and throw him down the stairs and ruin his self, uh, the guy took his glasses on and said, well, uh, do it then. And, of course, then Como started retreating. Oh, then you can assume me. Well, yeah. If you uh, attack somebody for a, a minor insult, and that's what this was, despite Como trying to claim it's the equivalent of the N-word, which is absurd, Fredo was a character in The Godfather. Uh, Como never suffered any, any uh, you know, decades of oppression and enslavement. This whole notion, uh, trying to call the equivalent of Fredo to the N-word, is uh, just desperately grasping at victimhood. But let me tell you something. If you're ever in a confrontation with a guy, and the guy starts going on and on about how he's going to beat you up, and why he's going to beat you up, and how he's going to mess you up, and it goes on and on like that, pro tip, he's not about to do anything. This is like women fighting. They fight with insults. This is not how men handle themselves. If if uh, Chris Como actually believed that he had been uh, insulted and he was uh, going to do something about it like man, he wouldn't have gone and told the guy how bad he was going to beat him up and why he was going to beat him up. He would have just done it. So after the fourth or fifth time that somebody telling you that they're going to mess you up, and explaining to you why they're going to do it, you can pretty much be sure that it's not going to happen. But, uh, oh man, oh man. The internet just blew up over this, and it's kind of a shame because people's attention ought to be focused on the uh, the Jeffrey Epstein so-called suicide. We'll get to that um, after this topic. But it's, uh, it's really uh, quite amazing. You know, uh, this guy Como is constantly going on TV and justifying Antifa and vilifying people, calling them the worst names in the book. Um, you know, racist and white nationalist and supremacist and Hitler and Mussolini. But somebody out in public refers to him as Fredo, which is a quite apt 
comparison, by the way, the dumb brother, if it wasn't for uh, their father, Andrew Como, both of the Como sons would be, you know, insurance salesmen or realtors or something. Both of them have have gone far past their Peter principle based entirely on their name. And Kumo's over there at CNN, you know, spouting off fake news. And he knows it. He knows in his heart of hearts, you know, he, his his life has become a parody of itself. But it's really interesting how he, he reaches out and he tries to grab a hold of this victimhood. Oh, you don't call me Fredo. That's like the N-word. Really? Really? <laughs> I remember a a stand-up routine. I can't remember this guy's name, but he was talking about how the N-word is, uh, is uh, bandied about. I'll tell you this. I was writing for an awards show once, and I got into some trouble. I wrote a joke for this awards show that had the word midget in it. And someone from the network came down to our offices, and he said to me, Hey, you can't put the word midget on TV. And I said, I sure would like to. (laughs) And he said, No, midget is as bad as the N-word. First off, no. (laughs) No, it's not. Do you know how I know it's not, I said to him, is because we're saying the word midget, and we're not even saying what the N-word is. If you're comparing the badness of two words, and you won't even say one of them, that's the worst word. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, let's dig just a little bit deep into this. Fredo. Fredo is is the N-word, says Chris Como. And I got to remind you again, Chris Como is now and forevermore going to be known by Fredo. (laughs) He's just going to have to accept it. At some point, he's just going to have to admit that he's Fredo and accept it. Otherwise, he's he's going to have a a hard life. So we're not allowed to use this word. That's interesting because Chris Como has allowed... Guests on his show, Prime Time with Chris Como, whatever it's called, to repeatedly call uh, Don Jr. Fredo. I mean, Fredo is a term that's bandied about in reference to Don Jr. all the time, including, as I say, on Chris Como's show. Here is Anna Navarro doing just that. Uh, Daddy kept Fredo back home. So, who cares what Donald Trump Jr. says? Who cares what Donald Trump Jr. says? All right, I don't, you know what? I don't want to talk about Anna, Anna, you you know, now, did, 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 did you hear Chris Como correct Anna Navarro or ask him her not to use that word? If it's the N-word, you would think that uh, he, he might have uh, taken charge of his show. Rick Wilson, another regular guest on that show, came on and did the same thing. It's it's absolutely part of this um, this you know oh the, all the forces of society are arrayed against us it's just us and Donald Trump against the world and uh, look Devin Nunes is proving himself again and again to be the Fredo of the Republican Party this guy has made a huge Devin Nunes is Fredo really Devin Nunes is basically the reason we know about Spygate 
a farmer from uh, from the Inland Empire of California came to Washington, D.C. and ripped the um, curtain back on the deep state's efforts to try to sabotage a presidential campaign. And Rick Wilson wants to say he's Fredo. But as I say, uh, Fredo has become a common term. I'm not going to belabor this, but I do want to play you two more examples of it. This is on uh, Chris Matthews' show. He's over on MSNBC, but uh, it's the same. You know, if, uh, if, if Chris Como actually believed that calling somebody Fredo was the same thing as calling him the N-word, then he might have, uh, you know, had some segment on his program on that. But no, Chris Como has been going around for the last two years calling uh, Don Jr. Fredo. Like inviting the, the son, Fredo-like son of the president, to a meeting to give him dirt on the, his father's opponent in a way that a child would accept that. And here's another example. Uh, Congresswoman, I don't know what to say here, except anybody who's seen The Godfather is seeing, it, seeing Fredo here, be, being manipulated by, you know, the guy out west. So, so in the aftermath of this uh, little incident, uh, Geraldo Rivera, as well as Anthony Scaramucci, and sadly even Sean Hannity, leapt to Chris Como's defense. Geraldo said, I'm with Chris 100%. He should have clocked that douche. Hannity also said uh, 100% support Chris Como. And I think Scaramucci said, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fredo is a uh, uh, an ethnic slur against Italians. I get it all the time. Well, guess what? You know, I get called a redneck all the time. I get called a cracker and a white boy on regular occasion. Those haven't risen up to the level of uh, ethnic slur. These are terms uh, that we use. And Fredo isn't even an ethnic slur. It's a character from a Godfather movie, for God's sakes. But it was absolutely beautiful the way this guy trolled Chris Como. <laughs> After he started losing his marbles, the guy says, uh, uh, you're much more reasonable in real life than you seem on television. <laughs> oh, my God. That's beautiful. So the president, uh, <laughs> he wasn't going to let this pass. And he tweeted out, uh, uh, would Chris Como be given a red flag for his recent rant? Filthy language and a total loss of control. He shouldn't be allowed to have a weapon. He's nuts. <laughs> and despite the fact that the president is trolling Chris Como, he's got a point. If we're going to have these red flag laws and people are going to be identified as be, being unhinged and a danger to themselves or others, then Chris Como just was uh, captured on video threatening to throw a guy down the stairs for the awful offense of insulting him with the term Fredo. This is going to be interesting to see how this plays out, but uh, the, the guy that, uh, that yanked Como's chain absolutely got the better of this. Max Boot, of all people, Max Boot, this uh, this neocon that uh, helped talk us into the disastrous second war in Iraq. 
he weighed in with a little bootlicking on, on Como's behalf. He tweeted out, appalling attack by the president on one of America's most respected journalists. <laughs> really? Chris Como, one of America's most respected journalists? Oh, my God, that lie is almost as big as uh, the one Max Bo used to tell about weapons of mass destruction. Not as uh, not as much consequences, obviously, but uh, a, a giant whopper nonetheless. He goes on, he says, a fearless and eminently sane, in parentheses, truth teller. I am proud to work with at CNN. We cannot accept as normal these kinds of attacks on the free press. Wait a second. Attacks on the free press. We're getting we're going back to this uh <laughs> this defense of uh, any any uh, criticism of these unhinged nut jobs posing as reporters at CNN or MSNBC is an attack on the free press. Everything that Trump said was absolutely true. Would Chris Como be given a red flag for his recent rant question mark? Filthy language and a total loss of control and and violent threats as well. He shouldn't be allowed to have any weapons, says Trump. He's nuts. <laughs> oh my God, it's so it's so delicious you can't hardly it, as I say, it's just a shame that this is distracting people from the actual major story of the uh, the so-called suicide of Jeffrey Epstein. And the more I look into this, the more I'm convinced this story just doesn't add up, ladies and gentlemen. There's no way. All of the things that had to align perfectly in order to allow Jeffrey Epstein to commit suicide on a Saturday morning in the middle of a, uh, a down news cycle just miraculously came into alignment. He was taken off of suicide watch. Why was he taken off of suicide watch? Nobody knows. Psychologists don't take you off of suicide watch a couple of weeks after you attempted suicide. It's just not done, especially not a government psychologist. They're not going to go out on a limb like that. They're not going to risk themselves. They, they understand that you've got to cover your butt. And it's said that his attorneys, Epstein's attorneys, were arguing to have him removed from suicide watch. Why would an attorney argue to have his client taken off of suicide watch two weeks after he had attempted suicide? That's pretty odd in and of itself. Did Jeffrey Epstein know that his attorneys were arguing to have him taken off of suicide watch? So since yesterday's show where where I pointed out that there's no way to hang yourself from the ceiling of any of these cells because the ceilings are perfectly flat with no, um, uh, uh, you know, light fixtures on them or anything else to hang yourself from, it's come out that Jeffrey Epstein had a bed sheet. If he were on suicide watch, he would not have had a bed sheet. He would have had a paper sheet. 
and that he somehow attached this bed sheet to the top bunk on the bunk beds that were in the um, in the cell. And then he knelt on the floor to cut off his airway. Now, that is possible. I have seen people hang themselves, um, you know, by by kneeling. I think, as a matter of fact, uh, Robin Williams did that. And in my years in the fire department, I, I, I witnessed uh, the aftermath firsthand. I saw one guy take a plastic bag and put it over his head and wrap duct tape around his neck to asphyxiate himself. And somehow he resisted the urge to reach up there and rip a hole in that, uh, that plastic bag so he could breathe. But he never should have had a bed sheet in his cell to begin with. He never should have been taken off of suicide watch. And Mark Siegel was on, um, on Tucker Carlson's show last night that was being hosted by uh, Ben Stein because they have uh, suspended, apparently, Tucker Carlson for pointing out that, uh, you know, this whole rampant uh, white nationalist thing is a, another of these Democrat hoaxes. But Mark Siegel appeared with Ben Stein and uh, and gave his medical opinion on the the likelihood of uh, Jeffrey Epstein having been released from suicide watch in a federal lockup. But the other question that's come up is where were the cameras? He was he was moved to special housing. Where where was the observation? Why wasn't he being observed? I can tell you that someone that's supposedly been on suicide watch, me as a physician, no psychiatrist would take a person off of suicide watch in this kind of condition. This sex offender right. would the, the take sur- him off of suicide watch and then just. He's fine. He says he's fine. That's not how a psychiatrist would act. No, basically, six, after six days on suicide watch, his suicidal tendencies cleared up. That's the official position. That's ridiculous from a medical point of view. I have never seen that in all my years of practice. It doesn't happen. Suicide is something that comes on over a long period of time. Severe depression uh, clearly had a shock here. It would not go away. No right. self-respecting psychiatrist would ever say, okay, he's no longer suicidal. It lingers. Not if he was looking out for the patient's interests and his own self-interests. He wouldn't. There would have to be some other motivating factor. You could say it was because his attorneys were, uh, you know, lobbying for it. But why would his attorneys lobby for it? What advantage to their client is being taken off a suicide watch that would accrue to his his own well-being? And then, of course, right on the eve of Epstein's death, which followed, by the way, one day after the release of these depositions that incriminated several very high-profile people in Jeffrey Epstein's uh, pedophilia operation. On the eve of Epstein's death, his, his cellmate is transferred out. His cellmate is transferred out and Despite the protocol at the at the jail, nobody else was put in there with Epstein. So we've got no more suicide watch. He's got a bed sheet. Now we're getting rid of the witness, the cellmate. And no cameras are trained on Jeffrey Epstein. This guy was a 
pedophilia print uh, pimp to the globalist elite. He knew where all of the skeletons were buried and he had cards to play if he wanted to try to keep from going to jail for the rest of his life. And he had expressed to uh, confidants in the days before his suicide that he was considering cooperating with the authorities. But you are a conspiracy theorist if you're not buying the official version that is being pushed down our throat now by the legacy media over the New York Times and the Washington Post. And and stop talking about all the people that had evidence against the Clintons that have uh, also committed suicide. We're going to run out to a break. We'll be right back after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. There's a long list of of people who had evidence against the, um, the Clintons who suddenly and mysteriously came up dead. Let's just take a walk down memory lane. James McDougal, the Clintons' convicted white water partner, that, uh, that crooked land scheme that uh, made the Clintons wealthy, he died of a mysterious heart attack while being held in solitary confinement. Of course, he was the key witness in Ken Starr's investigation. So even behind bars, locked up in solitary confinement. Mary Mahoney, a former White House intern, was murdered in July of 1997 at a Starbucks coffee shop in Georgetown. The murder happened just after she was to go public with her story of sexual misdeeds in the White House. Of course, we all remember Vince Foster, the White House counselor, close colleague of Hillary Clinton at the Rose Law Firm in Little Rock, Arkansas, knew where all of the skeletons were buried. 
died of a very suspicious gunshot wound to the head uh, in, I think it was Marcy Park in Washington, D.C. The uh, people that looked at the forensics of that situation determined there was no way Vince Foster shot himself in the way that uh, the the ultimate uh, determination was made. You remember Ron Brown, Secretary of Commerce and former chairman of the Democrat National Committee. Went down in a plane crash that he wasn't even had, uh, originally supposed to be on that plane. A pathologist on the investigation reported that there was a hole in the top of Brown's skull resembling a gunshot wound. Of course, Brown was being investigated at the time and spoke publicly of his willingness to cut a deal with prosecutors. A few days later, after the plane went down, the air traffic controller that was in in charge of that uh, situation also committed suicide. C. Victor Reisner. Reisner was a major player in the Clinton fundraising, uh, fundraising organization. He died in a plane crash in 90, 1992. Paul Tully, political ter- director for the Democrat National Committee, was found dead in a Little Rock hotel room. He was a close friend and trusted advisor of the Clintons. Another Clinton fundraiser, Ed Wiley, was found in the woods of Virginia with a gunshot wound to the head. His death was ruled a suicide. He died on the same day his wife, Kathleen Willey, claimed that Bill Clinton had groped her in the Oval Office and in the White House. Jerry Parks, head of the Clinton's gubernatorial security team in Little Rock, gunned down in his car at a deserted intersection outside of Little Rock. His son said that his father was building a dossier on Clinton and he was alleged to have been threatened or have have threatened to release the information. James Bunch died from a gunshot wound. It was reported that he had a black book of people which contained the names of influential people who visited prostitutes in Texas and Arkansas that included Bill Clinton. James Wilson Found dead in 1993 from an apparent suicide by hanging. He had ties to Whitewater. Kathy Ferguson, ex-wife of Arkansas trooper Danny Ferguson, found dead in her living room in May of 94 with a gunshot wound to her head. Bill Shelton, Arkansas trooper and fiancé for Kathy Ferguson. Critical of the suicide ruling of its fiancé, He, too, was found dead with a gunshot wound to his head. Also ruled a suicide. Oh, man, you could go on and on and on and on. I could spend three or four shows detailing the 70 or so people that were close to the Clintons and in their orbit that mysteriously committed suicide or died under, shall we call it, suspicious circumstances. But don't you dare suspect or imply that Jeffrey Epstein didn't commit suicide or you will be labeled a conspiracy theorist. 
as I said, Jeffrey Epstein was a, a pedophile pimp to the global elite. He had cards to play if he wanted to stay out of jail. And everybody in Jeffrey Epstein's Rolodex was at risk. And so he committed, he managed to commit suicide in the metro uh, of the Manhattan Correctional Center. The first and only suicide in 40 years. Oh, I'm sorry, one other suicide in 40 years of that particular institution. They're saying that the guards that were on duty were working overtime and that one of them wasn't even a corrections officer. One of them was just an employee. And that he had not been checked on in hours. An inmate, a former inmate of the MCC, says there was no way in hell that Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide in that uh, in that lockup. Of course, Bill Barr is uh, saying that he's highly uh, angered by all of this and is going to get to the bottom of it. Before I begin, I'd like to briefly address news from the Manhattan Correctional Center over the weekend regarding Jeffrey Epstein. This sex trafficking case was very important to the Department of Justice and to me personally. It was important to the dedicated prosecutors in the Southern District of New York and to our FBI agents who investigated the case and were preparing it for trial. Most importantly, this case was important to the victims who had the courage to come forward and deserve the opportunity to confront the accused in the courtroom. I was appalled, and indeed the whole department was, and frankly, angry, to learn of the MCC's failure to adequately secure this prisoner. We are now learning of serious irregularities at this facility that are deeply concerning and demand a thorough investigation. The FBI and the Office of Inspector General are doing just that. We will get to the bottom of what happened, and there will be accountability. But let me assure you that this case will continue on against anyone who was complicit with Epstein. Any co-conspirators should not rest easy. The victims deserve justice, and they will get it. Well, I certainly hope that Bill Barr is right and that the FBI will get to the bottom of this. I have no faith at all that the inspector general will have any any sort of, um, you know, effect on this at all other than spouting the company line. For anybody who thinks that uh, Horowitz over there at the IG's office of the Department of Justice is going to reveal wrongdoing in the Department of Justice really does not understand the purpose of inspector generals. Inspector generals are to put a patina of uh, legitimacy on an investigation. They're not there to actually uncover wrongdoing. 
and the FBI was seen out at Orgy Island, Jeffrey uh, Epstein's private island in the uh, the Virgin Islands, the U.S. Virgin Islands, executing search warrants. <laughs> oh my God! So they're got, finally getting around to executing search warrants on Jeffrey Epstein's properties. Let me tell you something. Those properties have already been gone through with a fine-tooth comb by private so-called investigators working for Jeffrey Epstein's legal teams. They have been scrubbed of any incriminating evidence long, long ago. And those investigators will not be able to be questioned about what they found or what they did with it because all of that will be uh, protected by attorney-client privilege. And Jeffrey Epstein was said to have kept meticulous diaries, detailed meticulous diaries, as blackmail information to use against his powerful, I don't want to call them clients because they were more like associates in this uh, in this evil enterprise. But if you have any doubt that all of this is going to try to be turned around and used against Donald Trump, I, I would urge you to put those, uh, those questions to rest. The Southern District of New York went after Epstein at this time for a reason. They had turned a blind eye to Jeff Steen, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's activities for well over a decade. And now, all of a sudden, they arrest him and put him in a lockup at the Manhattan Correctional Center where he is given the opportunity to take the evidence with him. Dead men tell no tales. Why now? By the time the election rolls around, probably in October of 2020, Donald Trump is going to be accused of pedophilia in relation to Jeffrey Epstein. Lisa Bloom and or Gloria Allred are going to trot forward witnesses that will be paid big money, just like the uh, the witness against Kavanaugh, uh, Dr. can't remember her name. She pocketed over a million and a half dollars in return for her testimony against Kavanaugh that was obviously concocted. They're going to do Donald Trump just like they did Roy Moore. Moore. They're going to trot forward these witnesses that will tell tales that uh, can neither be proven nor disproven. They will go on the talk show circuit and they will be paid very well for making these accusations. Lisa Bloom and Gloria Allred will raise their profile and get their cuts. It's all just all too predictable. So I was uh, watching Tucker Carlson last night, and apparently he has been suspended. They say he's out on a fishing trip. And um, and uh, Ben Stein, who is a, a, a very skilled uh, interviewer and host himself, uh, was filling in, did a good job. 
I've heard, I, I don't know it for a fact, that Donna Brazil is going to guest host the show <laughs> some nights this week. And if you happen to be watching, that noise you will hear are television sets across the country changing the channel. But Tucker's violation, the reason he was suspended, is because he uh, he spoke too much truth. And Tucker is prone to do that. He said that white nationalism, as it's being portrayed in the media and by the Democrats, deployed, really, is another hoax, very similar to the Russia hoax. They've replaced their talking points, Russia, 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 with racism, racism, racism. Now, Tucker didn't say that white nationalism or white supremacy didn't exist. He said it wasn't high up on the list of problems plaguing this nation, and he is absolutely right. The number of people killed by white nationalists are minuscule compared to the rampant crime in the inner cities in this country. They're minuscule in comparison to the hundreds of thousands of people who have died in this opium epidemic. On the show last night, Ben Stein pointed out that this opium epidemic is the same you know, type of epi- epidemic that was deployed by the British against the Chinese, got their population hooked on opium. There have been wars fought over this. And many other problems that, uh, you know, put all of this in perspective. Media love to focus on uh, white nationalists. But you could probably put all of the Klansmen and not neo-Nazis in a, uh, a large high school stadium. Uh, uh, Tucker actually said a college football stadium. It, it would be much smaller than that. There's probably about 3,000 of them. But the media want to focus on that in order to deploy that as a weapon against Donald Trump while they turn a blind on these uh, blind eye on these much more pressing problems. We got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Mojo. Millions of people today have no dental insurance. If you're without insurance, do you have a plan to care for your teeth without spending a fortune? Introducing DentalPlans.com. How would you like to save 10 to 60% off your next dental visit for as little as $7 a month? We offer trusted dental savings plans from companies like Cigna and Aetna with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Be a part of the 1 million-plus happy smiles served since 1999 that save money when they visit the dentist. You can save on cleanings, dentures, braces, x-rays, fillings, crowns, root canals, and even teeth whitening. Call 800-296-1247 now to start saving immediately. Mention promo code RADIO to receive 15% off any plan and for a limited time, one month free. Call 800-296-1247. That's 800-296-1247. Fees billed annually plus a $20 processing fee. Savings plans are not insurance. Savings will vary by provider, plan, and zip code. Consult with plan detail page for additional plan terms. Not all plans and offers available in all markets.
So as we went out to a break, I was pointing out that the Democrats' uh, new plan, now that the whole Russia Gate uh, hoax has collapsed, is to resurrect this uh, this new hoax that there are white nationalists hiding behind every tree. They're going to use it to try to go after weapons and scare the bejesus out of uh, suburban soccer moms. When the truth of the matter is that uh, violent crime in this country uh, dwarfs by many magnitude uh, any threat from, you know, resurgent white nationalism in this country. And the Democrats are, you know, all on board with that. They don't they don't have any concern about black on black crime or or black on white crime, for that matter. Three of the major uh, candidates, all of whom are going to make the, the debate stage, the next debate stage, have deployed this uh, this lie about Ferguson, which was five years ago, when a young, I think it was 19-year-old street thug, weighed over 300 pounds, robbed a local grocery store, committed a strong-arm burglary there, then was walking down the middle of the street when he was approached by a Ferguson police officer named uh, Darren, Darrell, oh, I can't remember his name, and uh, told to, you know, uh, walk on the sidewalk. And the uh, Michael Brown, who must have been high on something, decided to uh, go after the officer's gun as he sat in the car, fired the gun twice, Darren Wilson was able to maintain control of his sidearm while uh, Michael Brown took off. Darren Wilson uh, uh, left the car to give chase when Michael Brown spun around on his heel and charged Darren Wilson. Now, Darren Wilson had already tried to take this this, uh, officer's weapon and discharge the weapon twice in an attempt to shoot him. And apparently these uh, race hustlers, including Chris Como and Don Lemon over at CNN that uh, jumped all over the story, expected that uh, Darren Wilson was going to get down on the ground and roll around with Michael Brown, who was much bigger and heavier than he was, and give Michael Brown another chance to take his weapon away from him. And they were the race hustlers, including Black Lives Matter, which uh, Barack Obama welcomed to the White House created riots in Ferguson that burned most of the uh, businesses in that town to the ground. And they created this, uh, this false narrative around the, uh, the justifiable killing of a violent um, felon who attacked a police officer with this whole hands up, don't shoot lie. Well, it's been five years now. And as I say, three of the major candidates on the Democrat side have all weighed in on the anniversary of this hands up, don't shoot movement by perpetuating this lie that Michael Brown was somehow unjustly killed. Elizabeth Warren, I think she's number two or three in the polling. She's polling just under 20 percent tweeted out five years ago, Michael Brown was murdered by a white police officer in Ferguson, Missouri. Murdered, she says. Michael was unarmed, yet he was shot six times. 
I stand with activists and organizations who continue to fight for justice for Michael. We must confront systemic racism and police violence head on. I mean, that's breathtaking. That is a breathtaking statement, knowing what we know about the incident in Ferguson. Making Michael Brown a martyr. Let me tell you something. If you allow a violent um, perpetrator to get his hands on you when you're a police officer, that gun on your side belongs to both of you. And police officers that are trying to do a career can't afford to uh, make a mistake by getting down on the ground and trying to wrestle with a 300-pound man. Kamala Harris, who was a former attorney general for the state of California and ought to know better, probably does know better, but she uh, will say or do anything, tweeted out, Michael Brown's murder, she says, forever changed Ferguson and America. Yeah, it forever changed Ferguson. Most of it got burned to the ground. His tragic death sparked a desperately needed conversation and a nationwide movement. We must fight for stronger accountability and racial equality for our justice system. Well, I, I know, I mean, we don't, we don't need to study this much further. I know exactly how you keep from getting shot by police officers. Rule number one, do not try to take the police officer's weapon. They talk about, you know, having a discussion with your with your son that's one thing that everyone should tell their sons never ever try to take a police officer's weapons because if you do you're subject to get shot Kristen Gillibrand who is a minor player at this point i think she's uh, you know totally destroyed her viability She tweeted out five years ago, a Ferguson police officer killed Michael Brown, an unarmed teenager. It was just an unarmed teenager. He shot him six times. Nothing will bring Michael Brown back, but we can't stop fighting the injustice done to him or his family. And until we do better, we are failing them. What a crock. All three of these women ought to be absolutely ashamed of themselves. They they ruined... Daryl Wilson's life, I say ruined. He may have recovered by now. I, I don't think he has returned to uh, his chosen profession, but I hope he's doing well and uh, and recovered from this uh, terrible incident that was done to him. But the Democrats and many Republicans now are, have determined to um, to go at another round of these uh, assault weapon bans. And let me tell you something. <laughs> if you're not aware of it, most of my listeners I'm sure are, an assault weapon is nothing more than a, a semi-automatic rifle that is very similar in appearance to the ones that are issued to our troops. They might have a pistol grip on them. They might have a a stock that allows you to uh, grip without, uh, you know, the barrel burning your hand. But they aren't that much different than uh, a hunting rifle. The only difference is they have a plastic stock as opposed to a wooden stock. 
these these uh, hunting rifles can be purposed to do everything that an AK-47 or an AR-15 will do. So, if they're serious about coming after your weapons, and there's no reason to believe they're not, they're talking about confiscating over 200 million semi-automatic rifles. Americans have 200 million semi-automatic rifles and probably uh, over a trillion rounds of ammunition. If we had a problem with law-abiding citizens violating their, uh, uh, their gun laws, we would know about it by now. And if you think that uh, if you're buying their rhetoric that they just want to take these military-style weapons, as they like to call them, all weapons are military-style weapons. The military uses sidearms as well. They use shotguns as well. They're military-style weapons. If you think they're, they're just going to take the assault rifles and leave you with your hunting rifle, you need to pay attention because right now the gun grabbers are pressuring Walmart to stop selling guns altogether, and Walmart hasn't sold anything but hunting-style rifles for years. They don't sell handguns, they don't sell AR-15s, they don't sell AK-47s, they sell shotguns, pump shotguns, semi-automatic 30-30s, and hunting rifles. So watch what they do, not what they say. They're trying to get Walmart to stop selling guns altogether. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think you're going to be able to get enough Republicans who are concerned with getting reelected to vote in favor of trying to confiscate weapons. But that's exactly what they want to do. And they need to follow an admonition that I learned as a young man. Don't start no stuff and there won't be no stuff. If they want to go out and start try to violate the Second Amendment of the American people without going through the process of changing the Constitution, they're going to have a fight on their hands. I'm not advocating it, but I'm telling you I have no doubt that that's exactly what will happen. Well, that takes us to the end of another edition of Right Now, right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow. We'll see you then. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. 
Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.